Welcome back to another episode of the 423 Soccer Pod, the podcast that CFC built. This is Jim, a.k.a. Chad Gooner, and tonight, almost a full house, uh, we have Shelly and Todd on the show with me tonight. Uh, guys, how are things going? Uh, Shelly, over in the other half of the neighborhood? They're just going dandy. This is living the dream, liking and, this fall weather. Yeah. Todd, how are things up Uh up in the northern part of the area <laughs> the great uh, north. Thinking, yeah <laughs> yeah technically i think i'm like south of you guys if that's possible because You're i not. live right on yeah yeah because like i live right on the georgia line other than that i mean you live right on the is. georgia line yeah. okay well i but don't that, live yeah, yeah, yeah. That, is, that is yeah technically you're kind of south of us yeah you yeah look at so where the other side of the street is in georgia the other side oh, of the street well, other ones in georgia so. you're one yeah. of those people yeah. i can't <clears throat> i am I can't quite, I can't quite, I'm not that close to the Georgia line, but we're not far. But I'd say you were asking, you know, how things are going. Uh, pretty good. Uh, I was inspired uh, by CFC's last game versus Charlotte. So I've been looking for some uh, local kids to beat down. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Started yeah. to go hang out at some of the local uh, middle schools, see if I could just, you know, pick some fights. I knew I could win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we 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 do have a match to talk about. We do have, and while we are while we are playing around with uh, with MLS Next Pro teams, NISA NISA teams are playing and kind of resolving some of the playoff uh, situations. So we can take we can take a look at that as well. And then you know I think the the soccer world has been uh, talking a lot about the Yates report um, and. You know what what its implications are uh, for the women's uh, sport and really for for all of of soccer and, and all of sport. Um, and uh, I've not read the whole thing yet. I, I I will admit when it when they dropped it, I read like the first couple of pages, and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna need some. I'm gonna need to do this in a place not at work. I'm gonna need to, need to do this at a place where I might be able to vent some frustration because. It's you know even the executive report was pretty maddening. So, um, and so and that I don't know what else, I don't know what else we'll we'll get into. Uh, we don't have a game to really talk about. Um, so instead we'll 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 have a conversation that I think Todd started uh, in our Twitter uh, DMs about about nicknames. So we'll uh, we'll cover that when we get there. But the the first thing, Todd, you alluded to it. Um, any any feedback from the uh, the game against CFC two, or as they referred to them that night, Charlotte FC MLS Next Pro? I think they almost had it right with the team we played, and I've thought about this. I think it was MLS Next, not necessarily <laughs> Pro. So uh, that would not yeah. shock me if that was their MLS Next uh, squad, uh, their academy. I mean, what do you do when you go out and you, you're playing, you know, kids, you, you throttle them. Look, I'm a firm believer is you never let a kid win a game at anything. <laughs> it's like, I don't care if it's Monopoly or you're playing some pickup hoop or whatever. Like yeah. if they drive in on you and you get a chance, you throw that out in the woods. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, we put a beat down on them. That's what they deserved. <laughs> Come over here with that crap. <laughs> Shelly, any any uh would you like to add add anything yeah. to that? Yes, we're gonna beat you up if you bring an overly verbose team name up at Defendly Stadium. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, you know, listen, I, I can't remember who I was talking to. They were like, This seems this just seems wrong that we're that we're beating these kids. But it really did. I mean, I but th that's what they signed up for. I mean, that's pro that's exactly what they wanted. I think for their, for their player. I mean, really, I mean, they didn't want them to maybe. You signed get... up for a beatdown. That's what you yeah, got. Exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, it gives them expect. some access. It's like when an NPSL, whenever we play, yes. you know, yeah. higher league, it gives you some good exposure, right. players you wouldn't normally play against. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it makes it. And it allows them, it allows them to measure themselves against, mm -hmm. against full grown, full grown adults and 
professionals. Against their so, parents? <laughs> no, not their parents. I don't. I don't think the age difference was that great. Um, Pretty sure there was a twelve-year-old on the field. No, there, I don't. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I somebody told me that there were four. There were a couple of fourteen-year-olds on the roster. I don't know if they played. Um, we don't know who. I, I don't know any of their name. Well, I guess they gave us. They did give us a roster, so we know. We know their names, but we don't know. You know, we don't. I have no idea who was no. who was what. So yeah, no, they but, were their jerseys were a little lacking. Yeah, no numbers, department. no names. Um, it's basically, their warm-up kits is what it reminds yeah. me of. So I, I will say the, the ref was fully into it, calling two penalties in the first like 12 minutes. I'm like, dude, it's a friendly <laughs> and you're calling. <laughs> I mean, go, you know, knock yourself out. Um, and I, I think both of them were both of them were pins. But uh, and that that poor kid on their left, their left fullback just could not deal at all with Damien. Uh, it was um, he uh, he was given an education by one of our teenagers. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was a very restful, relaxing game, a decent crowd, a nice night. You know, we were a little afraid of, uh, some rain coming up, but it was a beautiful night and a decent crowd. So, I mean, you what know, about we, those fireworks, far, the fireworks were good. Fireworks uh, were lovely. Fireworks. Yeah, they were fireworks. good. Um, yeah, so it was, it was a nice night at the stadium, you know, that like a little bit of, a, a fall feel to the air i mean it was it was fun you know it's uh the brass got, were back huh we had brass back in 109 and yes there were, yeah yeah or plastic i mean you Called know plastic slash brass <laughs> yeah. brass potato, made, made of plastic my, my only my only problem and of course we know i'm gonna have a problem with everything yeah, my, my only issue was is that i i really thought we should have brought you know our kids our legit kids on like way earlier. I thought they should have at least got 30 minutes, you know, bring him in at the 60th, uh, bring in uh, uh, Fabian, you know, bring in um, Hugo, bring in, uh, is it uh, Gerardo? Ger- I can't say it. Search uh, for the G. Yeah, GG. I can't write. GG, like, yeah. G-G. Thank you. There's a, there's a reason why he goes by GG. Wait, Giuseppe? So, yeah, Giuseppe. Yeah, yeah. So, so bring in those guys. Let them get some minutes. I mean, uh, especially against a team like that, I would have been much happier uh, if, if they all would have played the entire second half. But, yeah. Yeah, you know, and we did that. We did that against, um, uh, you know, Metro Louisville. You know, they, they came on and played quite a bit. And, um, so, you know, I, I don't, I don't know, you know, maybe it was the arrangement with them to say, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to put out, we're going to put out a pretty, you know, a pretty adult team again for their benefit. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't, or there could be some injuries involved with some of the kids who knows. Um, but I, I was disappointed that we didn't get to see some of the real young ones, um, to, to get a little time, but, you know, I think it, it, it did what it, it did what it needed to do. The, the club needed a, a home date. Uh, some players needed to get out there and and play a little bit who have not been on the field that much. So, you know, and, and it gave it gave the the starters who have a lot of a lot of minutes on their legs uh sometimes to sit and sign autographs. So and Yeah, which that was nice. Did you get any autographs? No, I didn't. I you know, I didn't I didn't uh I'm get shocked. In, no, I didn't get in the line to I, I wasn't sure. I mean it was, you know, I didn't get in line to to get the autograph. So I'm shocked. Are you shocked? I am. Yeah. No, no autographs for me. So anything, uh, anything else? Again, we, we don't have a match until, uh, until at home. Uh, until we, the sem- uh, w- yeah. Until the yeah. semifinal, but we, you know, we've got Michigan last, away. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and say this or ask this of, of the two of you. What do you expect to see? Who do you expect to see? in the starting 11 for the last regular season game away at Michigan, which, which means literally nothing. Uh, We cannot, Um, we now cannot uh, catch Cal and no one can catch us. So we are firmly in second. Well, let me, I guess I'll switch it a little bit. What, I mean, who do you expect to see from the stars? I mean, are they going to want to run a first team out there when, you know, their their fate has already been decided as well. 
Well, they're no, they could, they could still, they've got to win. I mean, they've got to win one more game. They've got two games. They've got to either, well, actually, their, their fate may be decided by, uh, by the time we play because they play, um, Flower City on the 10th. So if they win that game, then they're fine. Then they will, they will secure third, I think. Yes, they will secure third if they win their game against uh, Flower City. So it literally could be a game that means nothing to either squad. If it's a, if it's a game that means nothing to either team, then I also don't expect it to be that in, that intense of a matchup either. Uh, so, I mean, I can see both squads kind of running a, a mix of starters and subs out there, to be honest with you, especially if both fates are decided by, you know, Michigan's is decided by that point. Uh, because, I mean, the odds of them turning around and playing each other again, I mean, I don't think there's any reason to go out there and do battle. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was I, mean, I was a little worried if Michigan had a lot to play for that uh, that I don't know if I wanted to put some of our starters out there in the if it didn't matter to us because just because of the physical nature. But if it doesn't really mean anything to either team, it could really be, you know, hey, you know, the the starting the starting lineups go out there, but they but it's like a training match, really. I mean, it all comes down to what daddy wants. <laughs> Since what? he's, you know, he's running every aspect of the team right now. So. Oh, well, I, I mean. I, I, George's I, head coach, he's owner, he's the GM. Yeah. yeah. He's over the you, academy. You know, Rod, Rod has not shown a, a want to rotate that much. And it's going to be a little bit of time since the starters have played. And then there's going to be even, well, another two weeks uh, until we play the semifinal match. So, you know, it's not going to be a situation where the starters need rest. Um, no, well, I, I can see him, honestly, off. I can see him running his strongest 11 for 45 minutes and then yeah. heavy yeah. substitutions, heavy yeah. sub. This is, I think this is the probably what's going to happen. I think he runs out a, a strong starting 11 and then heavy subs after the 45th. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. We get four, we get five subs in three sub in three three um periods, like three three times the sub, but you can sub up to five. So yeah, I bet we see bet we see some subs. Maybe not maybe not at halftime. Maybe uh it'll give him a little bit of time to go in, make some adjustments at halftime, come back out, try a little, try some things for five or ten minutes, and then bring bring the bring the subs on in the in the sixtieth, something like that. So, I so can, let me, I let me ask: that. If there was, if there were players that weren't going to play, who would you rest? Like, if you just weren't going to dress them at all, Marcus. Um, like if maybe Marcus. Yeah, hey, everyone's trying to take him out at the knees at this point. So, whatever we can do to protect his leg. Yeah, if the, if there, if there's a player we need to wrap in bubble wrap, it would be Marcus. I, I um, you know, uh, I don't think that's going to happen, but I could see him being the first one sub. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'll throw another one out there for you, uh, Dixon. Dixon, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just, you know, here's a, here's the thing. Uh, he's had a a his best year, in my opinion, uh, as a CFC player, and I don't think it's particularly close. Uh, just given the number of games he's played, uh, his impact in the middle of the field, uh, he's really been instrumental, I think, uh, in the way we play, and and so for me. Like he's right up there with Marcus and like protect at all costs. Yeah. And he has, you know, knock on wood. Um, that was your microphone. I know. But uh, <laughs> maybe try your head. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. He has, he, he has uh, stayed healthy. So we, you know, we've, we've, mm-hmm. we've not had the injury issues um, this year that we've had in the past. So, um, yeah, so, don't yeah. put that bad out thing out there. Put that evil on us, Ricky. Right, I know. Everybody knock every piece of wood that's right. Yeah. <laughs> but we have we have some time for that. We'll uh so because you know we we've kind of said that it really doesn't mean that much to to CFC. We could go at, because of Cal's win last night against Maryland, they have secured first and so they will they have uh, a buy uh, a first round buy and then they've secured uh, home field for as long as they're in the playoffs. Um, we have secured second. So we have 
home field until a final. If Cal makes it to the final, uh, we, we, we will have to go on the road. Uh, Michigan is in third and, and they, they need to win. If they win, if they win one more, they Michigan has secured at least a home, a home game in the quarters uh, because they cannot finish lower than fourth. And then Albion, um, Albion really can't finish much lower than fifth. And then Maryland and Syracuse both can kind of uh, Syracuse can get out of the basement uh, if Maryland doesn't win again. Um, but it really looks like uh, if nothing changes, it's going to be Albion against Maryland in one quarterfinal, the Stars against Paul, the Pulse in the other quarterfinal. And if uh, we will play, we can't play the Pulse. Um, so that's the only team that we just, we can't play because uh, the Unless lower, we see them in the final. Unless, we, well, I mean, I meant in the semis. We, yeah. <laughs> We can't play them in the semis uh, because if they win, they're going to be the lowest seed. And so the cow cow gets to play the lower seed of the, of the winners. So, and it, so if pulse, if the pulse wins that we will win, we will play the winner of the other quarterfinal, whether it's Albion or, or Maryland, if the stars win, we'll play the stars. So, well, and, and here's my question, right? We, we've all seen how we've played against uh, Michigan this year, and we've seen our matches versus both Albion and uh, Maryland. So yeah. given those choices, even who, who would you rather play? Maryland. Kelly? Maryland? Or what was, was your choice, Todd, the – you know, either Maryland or Albion or no, no, the stars. of those three of those three, of the, that, of those are, three. that are out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I'd be with Shelly with Maryland of those three and the stars are that classic. They're just like, they're like built like a cup team where they're, they just, you know, they're, I mean, that, <laughs> you know, they're going to play. We've had, I guess we talked about this last week. I don't know if you listened Todd. we talked about the, you know, the fact that we, we seem to have a little bit of a challenge with teams who who sit back and and require us to break to break them down, and um, so yeah, I I like the fact that it's at home. I I like the fact that it's going to be on a bigger pitch than than a, like a high school field. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I think we have looked better against them in Finley than we did up there. Um, they were, I think, they were lucky, lucky to get at, away with two draws in in Chattanooga. So, I like our chances against them at Finley. But um, of all of the teams uh, of those three, I think Maryland would be the best. Um, you know, the kind of best matchup. I'm not really sure what to make of Albion. I mean, Albion was um, looked threatening and looked dangerous the first couple of times we played them, but they have um, they've fallen off a little bit, and they could enter into the playoffs losing four like losing four in a row so yeah that's um, possible thing is too is like i like that we have the home field advantage for our first match in the playoffs no matter what because i think the boys thrive off of they're getting to that point where they thrive off of the energy so i mean yeah we'll see we'll see um todd so where where uh where are you which which of those three would you prefer to play you know, I struggle with that as well. And for for the same reasons you guys do is like, you know, on paper, I look at how, uh, you know, they're dangerous. So they have some athletic players and, and earlier in the season, they, they, or they had that run in the middle of the season where they looked really good and they've just really fallen off. So, yeah, I, I think if I had to rank it, uh, I would rather have Albion uh, first because I like the way we played against them. Uh, and then Maryland and then stars definitely, uh, coming in last place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and really, really uh, Maryland or Albion, either one with, with, uh, uh Michigan, a, a distant third as a, the, who I would want to play. So that, that since, since all third, since all of us have put stars third, you know, that's who we're going to play. So of yeah. course, yeah, that's, uh, so just get well, ready you know. for at least it'll be 5 p.m. and the sun can be in their eyes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, we'll be in costume, so maybe that'll frighten them. You know. That's right. It'll be it'll be Halloween at Fidley. Um, yeah, big tailgate. 
Yeah, a big tailgate, a big match, uh, mm-hmm. and um, bring some friends out there. Um, yeah, you have no excuse. It's at 5 p.m. on a Sunday evening. Right. So you get, you know, if your kids go to sleep at 7.30, hopefully, yep. hopefully it won't go into penalties and uh, you can get them <laughs> home at a decent hour. So oh, wait, do, you think, do you think they did that for the for the neighborhoods and the kids that, that are going to be doing uh, trick-or-treating on that Sunday and sit, sit because uh, Halloween's on a Monday? Matt, maybe. Oh. I mean, maybe. I think is a lot of churches have like those trunk-or-treats right. yeah, on the weekends, but I've seen yeah. a lot of Saturdays, like Saturday, but yeah. it could be. It also might just be, obviously, if you play around five o'clock, you don't have to have the lights on it's not because we're michigan and just don't have lights it's just that we don't have to turn on the lights <laughs> no i think you will have to turn on the lights by the yeah. end of the month by the end, yeah, probably by the end so yeah. I, I think i think this is more about it being a sunday and mm-hmm. it being a school night school night will. yeah so and trying to get that, people yeah. trying to i've get, already i've already talked to several people and they're like well what time is it and i'm like five and they're like oh that's a great time yeah because you know unless it goes i mean as late as it's going to go is eight so I mean that'll yeah. get you mm-hmm. that'll get you home at a uh, definitely even me you know it'll get me home at a decent hour yeah so yeah and so yeah. yeah if you had parents that had to choose between well don't go because school seven o'clock that's gonna be way past the bedtime I mean it's an ideal time it really is yeah, yeah. you can get all your academy kids out there all yep. your youth players so I think yeah. it's a good time yeah, yeah I, I didn't I, like I mean I don't like playing on Sunday period uh, I like Saturday nights for obvious reasons. So, but I mean, if we got to play on a Sunday, five o'clock is great. Yeah. Y'all better be in excellent costumes. Y'all better bring it. Like uh, no, I, I told you what I, I'll be dressing up as a 52 year old um, college administrator who, who follows a third division soccer team. So, and I will supply I I you with a costume. Like. I'll supply <laughs> you with a costume then, Jim. I've got no, 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 I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Um, so I, I guess I don't really know what to, what, how much really to cover about the Yates, uh, report. I don't know. Um, uh, we've talked to, I, I said earlier that, you know, I, I made it through the executive summary and was already mad. Um, I think where, where it relates to, um, to Chattanooga and Shelly, you can speak to this for your participation on the women's advisory group. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, think I talked a little bit with Jeremy about this over text um, about the report and, and uh, you know, the, the one thing that, you know, that, that search drew, you know, kind of drew out a little bit. Um, one reason we had some people who, who thought they were interested in, and then their, their, life, back out. their life situation changed and they had to back out. But the other thing was um, Jeremy made very clear that they were taking their due diligence. And I think this only reinforces the fact that you know we've got some pretty systemic issues within the within women's soccer in this country starting all the way at youth level and mm-hmm. um so i don't know you can if you could talk a little bit about about that and and what the what the group did um and kind of what due diligence you think the group did and the club did to to kind of bring the women's team back in the right way well, yeah, I think it's, I'm, I'm about, I've gotten halfway through the Yates report and my blood, I mean, it was not that it wasn't boiling before, but it's just, it's just sad. It's really yeah. sad, but this is a classic case study as to why the women's advisory board behind the scenes, what a lot of people don't realize is that this is why it took so long to find a coach. It's that not that you don't have to worry about some, some of these things could happen to men in sports. Yep. Don't get me sure. wrong. Absolutely. It's very much can. So it's not to disparage that being a possibility, However, women in sports, uh, I mean, it's just, it's something that you have to be more careful about because our, you know, we are open to more issues, more things getting swept under the rug. And I mean, not just in sports, but just in life in general and in your career paths. But that was something that we wanted to be very clear about before this, because obviously this came out way past our season with our women, is that there have been such longstanding things. If you look at U.S. gymnastics, like everything that went on with that collegiate sport issues is that you have to have a coach, whether it's male or female, that understands that you have to be very protective of women in sports because you have, you know, we want someone that understands that you have to kind of protect women in a different way. And that's not to say that we're delicate flowers, but we are right. more susceptible to discrimination or backlash if we bring up 
mm-hmm. that something has been done against us. And the fact that you've got these coaches who are trusted to not only coach their team, but, you know, have their best interest at heart, especially when they're on the road and these things that have happened and what they've done, it's just, it's mind boggling. And the fact that it's getting swept under the rug. And, yeah. and that's, that's what, if, yeah, just enjoy, buckle up, Jim, because it's, it's going to be a bumpy ride for you because yeah. there's just so many instances. And the fact that they kept th- these, the three main coaches that are involved with this and the investigation, things just kept getting swept under the rug. And they've mm-hmm. got colleagues that, that weren't even allowed to say anything. It's just, and that, that's sad. That to me is like red flag number four, five, and six. Like, you know, something's going wrong if they're, you know, putting like sequestering people that you want to have witnesses or you want to see certain documents on reports. And the thing is, it kind of, you can link it to what's going on across town with the abuse of the players on that side. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, we are, our system's already broken, but it's even more so when you can't even trust your coaches and your administration to protect the players that are there. And so that's why we had to make sure that we had a coach that understood that was familiar with working with women athletes and understand where it's coming from and the things that we have to deal with whenever we're getting recruited or whenever we are wanting to be pro athletes and things that you can or can't say. And that's why it took so long. And Randy is great. I mean, the thing is, that's why you want to find someone who will take it seriously that won't just brush things under the rug. If their players come to them and say things have happened, because what if one of our players had come and said that a coach for another team or one of the refs or something came Mm -hmm. and said something to them, you want a coach that's going to take that seriously and not just be like, Oh, well, it's okay. They didn't mean it that way. So that's, I mean, and I'm glad, I know that the fan base was frustrated that it took so long to announce a coach, but minus the, two that we had recommended that did have live things that came up and that's just going to happen. Uh, you had, we didn't just want to put just anyone in there because this could have been, I mean, not that CFC would have swept it under the rug if something did happen, but reading this report that could happen anywhere and not just because it's professional soccer. Yeah. And even more so you could probably see it happening on an amateur side because there's just not as many eyes on them. So easier to kind of turn a blind eye. It's just, it's sad. It really is. It makes me sad for friends. I know who have kids that are going to be going in to collegiate sports and things that they're, they're going to have to worry about. And yeah. Yeah. Todd, you, you, any thoughts? Yeah, Shirley, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, you know, when, when you look at this report and you're talking about, you know, five of the 10 teams for the NWSL had coaches that were implicated in this. So, Half. Half. And, Half. and so as you as you go down the ladder, right through the amateur ranks and down to college, high school, club, uh, players, uh, women uh, in general are not going to be more protected or more or less likely to be coerced or less likely to be taken advantage of. It increases It'll be more likely. So we're being naive if we think that right here in our area, these same things aren't already happening uh, at to some degree. And, uh, and and you guys you guys know I do a, a little show down in Dalton, uh, Monday Night Football, that deals exclusively with high school soccer. And uh, I issued a statement on that earlier this week about the importance of us recognizing that this probably uh, already exists uh, in the youth culture. Uh, in our area. And the first thing we got to do is if you see something, you have to say something. And if somebody says something to you, you can't be dismissive of it. You can't uh, be like, well, did they mean this or was it Or they're being dramatic. Yeah. Or we have to take these things very, very seriously Mm -hmm. to root it out at at its its, its very, uh, you know, at the very start of it. And it has to be a zero tolerance of, of anything like this. And Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and I hope that there are the right people in the area that that are in these positions uh, to to kind of start to change that culture or to make sure that this isn't happening. Uh, I mean, because these are kids. Right. And we, yeah. we've seen that, the, uh, you know, when it goes up to this level and we've seen players already talk about whether we're talking about, you know, uh, the red team across town, those players saying that they were considering quitting the game that they had invested yeah. their entire life in, mm-hmm. you know, these kids love this sport. And, you know, when you start tying it into a, a traumatic event, 
you know, you're not going to want to go play anymore. If, if every time you go play, you think about, you know, the time that you were traumatized uh, by some coach or some, uh, and it's not just the coaches, it's people that are associated with these programs. Mm-hmm. It's people who, uh, so it, it goes beyond just the coaches. I mean, that's what it's we're talking your managers, about it's your managers, yep. it's your athletic training staff. And that's yeah. the thing is what I tell people all the time is like people need to start getting comfortable with, with having uncomfortable conversations because if you aren't, then nothing's ever going to change. It really isn't. And you think about young kids, whether it's, you know, young men or women who are in these academies, elite academies, trying to make a path to pro. And imagine if you're 12, 13, 14 and in these developmental academies and the abuse starts there, but you don't want to say anything because you want to get to where your idols are. And that's, Mm -hmm. and that's, and that's a scary, sad thing, especially if no one, if they're saying things and no one's taking them seriously. I'll give you an idea of how uncomfortable it is. Like that, that post I made generally in those posts, I, I might get, you know, somewhere, you know, there's people that just like anything you put out there, you know, maybe like 50 people would, would like that post. There were two likes on that post two. So that tells you how uncomfortable people even were like acknowledging that it could be a problem and acknowledging that that our youth players specifically our our women need need uh, you know more oversight and uh, and and, and need to have recognition of the problem so that to me it, it really hurt when i saw that that's where we're starting from yeah that's so few people and that's the thing too and if you think about it with a lot of your female players, especially the younger they are, if they have male coaches, they see them as a father figure. So they're already going to be more comfortable with them, especially if they might not have as strong of a father figure at home. And just from my background and my career is that that's where a lot of the abuse is easy to start because you trust them. And so you're not thinking that, you know, some of the things that might be said, you might not, you, the, the person being abused might be conditioned to not even realize that some of the stuff is going on. Yeah, and, and your point too, and your point too. Even you know, we we're really harping on the abuse by uh, by males in this sport. But even uh, some female coaches have been uh, mm-hmm. have been brought up. So it yeah. it's I don't it, the whole culture is. I mean, we can go to the bigger picture and talk about you know just U.S. soccer in general is there's a lot of rotting and a lot that needs to be cut out. You know, from the very top all the way down. Uh, so it's, it's sad that this we're at, that we're just, you know, there's so much that just needs to be torn down and start over again. Yeah. So if you, if you haven't taken the chance, there are, there are a number of articles. I would recommend, um, some articles on the athletic, uh, that, uh, kind of have that broke the story really in 21 and have continued to report on, on the issues in, in the NWSL, uh, there's a really good uh, documentary on ESPN, the E60 documentary, Truth Be Told, The Fight for Women's Professional Soccer. It it started, it, it uh, debuted on the 4th, uh, this past Monday or Tuesday, I don't remember. Really, it was the day after the report was, the day after the report was made public, this aired on ESPN. Um, you can see it on ESPN Plus if you didn't catch it. I would strongly encourage you to watch it. It's um, maddening that some of our leadership in U.S. soccer and, and the leadership of the league at the time, um, just to hear them to hear them answer questions is um, it's frustrating. So, uh, well, and even and even like some of the things we're talking about here, like you know, I look at Merritt Paulson at the Timbers, yeah. uh, and and that's been an ongoing problem for the Timbers now for like five years, going back to another player they had that was abusive to his significant other, and then covering that up and. So this this goes all the way through like entire organizations and it is, you know, and these these coaches at the NWSL level, they were they were abusive and they these teams knew about it and they passed them on without saying, hey, yep, this, right. this guy, this guy is an abuser of our players. And that's why we're letting him go. And they well, let and the them fa- just go to other teams and continue abusing players at, at a new location. It's 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 insane. Well, that's the thing is, is it like, and some of the people they investigated, like within each of the organizations said, well, I gave a positive review because I was going based on just performance of how the team performed. I could give two craps how well the team's performing if behind the scenes you're abusing yeah. half the players. Like, yeah, you don't think, you, you don't think that's important? Therapy. Yeah, you don't think it's important that what, at what expense did winning come from? 
like you know and that's the thing is i think that's part of how the systems is broken is that some of the largest instances of abuse were from teams that were at the the top of the game and so it's like well i don't want to say anything because we're at the top of the game so if we get rid of this coach then we're going to have a really crappy season well i could care less if you're going to have a crappy season because you're a crappy individual if you're going to let it continue just because you want to win a trophy like no trophy is worth having to have you know, players, men or women have to be in therapy for the rest of their lives, have deep seated PTSD, you know, like there's just no trophy that's worth having that kind of abuse given to any player, male or female. And if if you've watched the E60 already, you know, you know how close this was to not even being taken remotely seriously at all. And, you know, I'll, you know, Alex Morgan um, deserves a ton of credit for, kind of being, because I think she knew the voice that she had and the standings she had in the sport and the standing she had in U.S. soccer. And she listened to her teammates and believed them and used her voice. And without her, I don't really know how far this would have gone because some of the, you know, the players were not well-known players uh, to folks who don't really follow uh, the women's game very closely. And when Alex Linda lent her voice and her name to this cause, it really, it, I mean, it really, that's one of the reasons why I think we are where we are. So, you know, she made the huge mistake of going to Spurs. Um, but you set that aside, you know, I think, I think she's rectified that situation. What do you she think? Has. She okay. has. I mean, I, okay. I, I, I do. And uh, I mean, just, just, just a lot of respect for her um, to take up for her teammates and to take up for, the sport and the, that the sport that she loves. And so I, you know, I would really encourage you to watch the E60 if you haven't already. Um, anything else before we kind of move to our last topic, that's a little lighter than that. And we're good. So I don't really know where this came from, but out of the, out of the blue, no pun intended um, at uh, in our DMS, Todd comes with this idea. Todd, why don't you why don't you go ahead and, and tell the people and tell the people what what you felt was worth I, our time to talk I, about? Okay, all right. So so here's the, here's the deal. So I, I don't remember where my headspace was at the time, but I will say this: uh, there have been numerous times that you know people have asked me you know when i'm oh you know i'm a chattanooga fc supporter or that oh yeah yeah what are they called and i'm like well you know for a long time it's just well we're chattanooga fc it wasn't even there was nothing else attached to it and then you know several years ago you know we started i think as a collective started referring to them as the blues or the boys in blue or or what have you but you know we're the blues and that's fine and uh so it just occurred to me and and i I don't know. This is just how my brain thinks sometimes, like maybe from a marketing perspective, it might actually be beneficial if we did have like maybe a uh, unofficial nickname uh, besides the blues. So that's where this started going. Yeah. I I just really want to know one of them that was thrown out from a marketing standpoint, the blue ballers. How are you going to market that when they're taught? (laughs) We would be, <laughs> the butt of many jokes. <laughs> I didn't say the blue ballers. It was a typo and it came out ballers. I don't know what happened. Because <laughs> all I'm saying, it made me laugh. I, I almost snorted. And then no, I'm trying to was, imagine yeah, the CFC blue, it, marketing. So our new mascot is the blue baller. Yeah. So let's let's just go over. Yeah, blue ballers came across. <laughs> that was fun. The blue jerkers. I don't know what that was. I'm not sure what. No, no, no. Okay, no, no, no. Jerkers was the one that was uh, that was the typo, and it, it corrected it to jerkers. I was like, oh god. The blue jerkers. I'm not really sure what where that was. Again, you know what? We can't even have a serious conversation about this now because of blue ballers and blue jerkers. We get the blue demons. Oh yeah, you said blue demons. You know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, and Blue Devils, that's very much, you know, a du- uh, you know, not the Duke there. Are you also a Duke friend by chance? No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> well, I said the Blue Men, and, and I, I, I shared the, the picture of uh, Tobias Fluke. So, yeah. So, so if, <laughs> that's a, we, a strong, strong work with that one. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I you know, I, I'm, I'm okay 
Uh, blue demons, blue devils, blue dragons, blue something. Blue dragon. It's, he was really interesting. You know, it's like one of those American sports things. Um, but you know, the in England, but, the, but in the NFL, like, I was going to say, but is it? a lot of them? A lot of them have nicknames that they're known by. I mean, like the, you know, the the best uh, the kings of of North London are known as the the Gunners, and um, you know the the I guess the team that that uh, Todd you say you like. Um, I guess they're called. They're sometimes known as the Red Devils, right? Correct. Some people, some people call them that. Um, I don't know what Liverpool. What 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 do the, what do the people call Liverbirds. them? The, the Liverbirds. Is it Liverbirds? Uh, Scousers. So I mean, you got the baggies. You got the yeah, the magpies. The magpies. So I mean, it's not it's not a completely foreign concept to the to the sport. And, and like I said, I mean, we have we do have with the Chattahooligans, we do have the Griffin. So, you know, we, there is already a little bit of imagery there. Uh, it was just something I was thinking about, you know. And um, well, maybe the thirtieth is a perfect time to try out a mascot costume, there, Todd. Yeah. Oh, is that what I need to do? Yeah. So I think if anyone asks, like, I'm just trying to see if this will catch on like yeah you know, I just about, like you know like stop making fetch happen like maybe i'm just gonna just test out some mascot outfits see if i'll be work. fetching all night <laughs> be great no but hey if, if you're listening and you got some uh non uh blue ballers or jerkers ideas non maybe we should do a poll from our uh podcast account on the well, twitter I mean, sure and just be some... like just ask what people yeah. think you know, I mean, well, because right. it is. I mean, mascots aren't a foreign concept. Some of them, though, it's like, uh, you know, you've got the lookouts for baseball. They've got Louie, yes, know, and, Blue- and Bluey and things like that. And it's yeah. just kind of like a, it's not, it's just a yeah. big furry animal. Okay, so, and, and, you know, in 100 years from now, too, you know, if, if CFC adopted some sort of uh, nickname at this stage, it would still, like, be very, very early in the history of the club that you would be you know, adopting some sort of, so yeah. it's not like, well, the uh, thing it's not like we're too, so far along. Like, I guess I've never really thought anything, not that the, to say it's weird or whatever, but you know, my call, my alma mater, Roanoke, they were called the Maroons, the color. Like it wasn't there. It's not like yeah. a crimson wave. It mm-hmm. wasn't until about 10 years ago that they decided like the student body is like, we need to have a mascot. That's not just like, cause we, we were known as the Maroons. That's our official mascot or whatever yeah. the, without being a mascot but now we've got rooney rooney who's like an eagle like the all of the yeah. alumni and and well, body voted and on it. So now roanoke has a mascot uh, i'm perfectly but, fine know. with being known as the blues but it needs to be you know you'd like what you you know i watch newscasts and things and and like uh, they never refer to us as the, the boys in blue or the blues like it, it's always the cfc yeah. And like, so it could be that, the blue ballers. <laughs> <laughs> it could be, Shelly. It could be. <laughs> well, but you are I right. Mean, they don't ever refer to us as like the blues. No. You know, no, I mean, no. you know, they, they refer but, to But, you know, I don't think that's really pushed though by the club either. No. no. But not. I am curious, like, what, I, I mean, it would be curious to ask the fan base just, you know, if we were to ever have a mascot. Like what could you imagine? It would be, be yes. kind of interesting to see. Yeah. So, so for the two of you who are who have made it this far and still listening <laughs> to this, you know, let us know what you what you think a, a good mascot would be, and then also um, let Todd know thunder. what let Todd know what you think about his uh, his blue ballers and blue jerkers um, <laughs> suggestions. You know what? Autocorrect happens. Everybody knows this. I've had some doozies, Todd. But I mean, you know, other 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 sports, there are other teams that are that use color as the mascot. There's the Harvard Mm -hmm. Crimson. There's the Stanford Cardinal, and that's about it. Dartmouth Green. The Dartmouth Green? Are they the green? Big green. Big green. Big green. Yeah, Yeah, big green. I don't know. The Syracuse Orange Men. Orange Men. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Well, Alabama, I mean, UVA, they're the the Wahoos. UVA, UVA, the Wahoos. That, but yeah, I don't want to talk. They want to talk about freaking UVA. So, <laughs> all right. So, so. It would be interesting though if we did have a mascot because I'd be curious to see what the fan like, what the interaction in the. I think our mascot like. should just be breezy, um, dressed as dressed as Tobias, shirtless with. <laughs> 
So that's I can get behind this. Yeah, that's my that's my that's my nomination. And so uh So Todd, are you saying that you'll dye yourself blue for the thirtieth? No, no, no. I was getting behind uh, oh, yeah. Or it could just be someone in a blue Moby suit. You know, MVD does have the tuxedo Moby suit that he has worn to a couple of cold weather matches. So, yeah. mm. well, I don't yeah. know. I just thought it was an idea worth worth exploring since uh, no one ever talked about it too much. That's no, true. We're... Yeah, I mean, it hasn't ever come up that I've thought you know heard of. No, it no, it hasn't. What, we're, we're, Todd, did you bring up or somebody brought up a couple like a month or so ago? Like, do, does anyone think we need to change our logo or change our crest? Yeah, we well, we talked about that on the podcast, actually. Yeah, uh, I think uh, we had talked about it, and uh, and and I think we. I mean, I just, I mean, I wouldn't be against it. I mean, if you look back uh, historically, like club crests change, and sometimes for better, and sometimes for worse. But yeah, uh, I mean, the most the one I think of like most recent that was massive was Juventus. Yes. changing theirs to just the J now, but, yeah. but no, I mean, yeah. Everton that's what changed all, theirs recently. I didn't even notice. Yeah. Everton. But who changed there? Oh, Everton. 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 Yeah. Speaking of blues. No, those <laughs> are toffees. My bad. Yeah. The toffees. And what's a toffee? I mean, I like toffee, but I don't know if we're talking the same toffee. A crunchy candy. <laughs> well, then Everton is a crunchy candy. Then that's yes. amazing. Well, <laughs> All right, so yeah, so let let us know uh, on the on the twitters if uh, if you have an idea for what uh, what a mascot or a nickname for CFC would be uh, if it's not the Blues, um, or should we or should the club really lean into that? Should we lean into that more? Um, but you know, we could also yeah. have a mascot that makes zero sense whatsoever. Black mm. yeah, you mm. know, I mean, yeah. we need like here's the... our here's our big stuffed cat. <laughs> you what's, know, the, what's that what's that philadelphia what's the phil uh what's the the hockey mascot uh oh yeah for the flyers yeah what's uh i don't know his name yeah Hold on. i'm pulling it up yeah we could definitely do i mean you could go you know i mean i'll be honest like there's yeah, there's gritty. even collegiate mascots that does that make no oh, sense gritty so. yes yeah. gritty we need we well, need a we need a gritty like a blue gritty like yeah, yeah, yeah a good blue version of it. I mean, we do technically have, you know, our partnership with Wolfsburg, so we've got Wolfie. But Wolfie no. needs a friend. We know? don't need we don't need any wolves. No, stop you right there, Shelly. <laughs> yeah. We don't need any wolves. Um, oh for, no. For obvious for, not those, but you know, we've got reasons. the one that goes with the team. Although if you're just random segue about weird mascots, my uh, stepdad's alma mater, he went to Delta State, Mississippi. Yes. And, yeah, go ahead and uh, say they it. are the they are the fighting okra. That's right. The fighting They're, okra. Yeah, that he is had, strong. I've got yeah. a I've actually got a shirt. One of the hooligans, Jeff, he had to go for work down uh near well where where it is, where uh, Delta State is. And yes. he brought me back a fighting okra. And it's a Absolutely. grimacing, scary, scary looking okra with boxing gloves on. And like my stepdad has a on the front of his car. I like it. Yeah, they used to be the statesmen, and then that was found to be racially. Tinged. I don't like it. And so they became the fighting okra. <laughs> are you? Uh, you know, are you what, my, one of my favorite mascots is the Santa Cruz, used to be Santa Cruz banana, banana slugs. Banana slugs. That's right. Yeah. Famous by what movie? I don't know. I don't know. Pulp what Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Oh, really? Oh, I don't yeah. remember that. Yeah, John yeah. Fultz's character, uh, after he gets brain on his suit, uh, oh. gets uh, dealt the UC Santa Cruz uh, banana slug shirt. Okay. Oh, okay. Yes. I do not remember that. It's been forever since I've seen that movie. And but. there, there's the Gooey Ducks is another. It's one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's maybe Evergreen. Uh, are they the Are they the Gooey Ducks? And so we got the Flying Biscuits. They are. Wow. Uh, this the, the oh, podcast yeah. is truly gone off the rails yes. now. Yeah, we we may have gone. Well, <laughs> there, I mean, minor league baseball. It's relative, though. It is relative. Has all has all kinds of great. Oh, great yeah, they really do. Mm-hmm. But um, so yeah, so if if you could think of anybody, yeah, it's Evergreen State that has the gooey duck. Uh, if you want to go look that up, uh, okay. and give yourself nightmares, but um, so I think that's a, a decent enough place to to stop it. Uh, or I'm just, or I think I'm just going to do it anyway because nobody's listening to us right now. They've, oh, everybody's turned it off. Um, 
They so, left. If they even made it that far, when they heard Blue Jerkers, they were done. Yes. So if you if you have made it this far, if you have made it this far, hashtag Blue Jerkers. Put that put that on the Twitter in response to the. Is that going to be the name of this podcast episode to try to get a whole? Lot, we might get a lot of hits. It's not. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's a different kind of podcast. Yeah, All I would say is, do not go and lie on Twitter and search hashtag Blue Jerkers. There's no telling what you will find. And but, you talk about PTSD and needing like psychiatric treatment for a long period of time. I bet that would do it. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. All right. All right. Really. So. If uh, uh, Shelly, if anybody wants to read about what you're talking about on Twitter, <laughs> what where could they find you? They can find me at Shelly Ayers eighty two. And Todd, when when you're not uh, when you're not blurred, blue jerking, where where what can they, hey what can they... that is awful. You could have said when I'm not beating up middle school kids. You could have said a lot of stuff. <laughs> and Jim just took it to the holy level. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Where can they find you on the internet, Todd? Well, if they, it sounds to me like I'm going to be banned from most social sites after this. So that's great. You still have OnlyFans. It's okay. Jim. Yeah. We. <laughs> so you can find me a great footballer. Uh, usually not saying anything productive or coherent. So. Oh, and if you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter at Chattagooner. You can mute. You may want to mute me. Todd probably wants to mute or block me right now. So <laughs> at uh, Chattagooner on the Twitter. Um, so guys, uh, we've got a little bit of time, uh, before we will be together again at Finley in a couple of weeks until we will see the guys fighting against uh, the stars in a match that really doesn't mean anything, but could be a good tune up for the playoffs. Um, so until we see y'all again, go CFC, go blues jerkers. Oh, Mr. Oliveira, with a cheeky goal.